2: The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North.
0: Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. This is Purple Daily's Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce, impatiently waiting for some NHL players to actually call me today because I am also on the side covering the National Hockey League, but all in, on the Minnesota Vikings. What a season to jump into it. Thor nice from down there. I'm educating Thor on placing bets in the national hockey league. So I do appreciate wow. that because he does know how to do it on the football side of thing. He has been our Mr. Positivity through and through, uh, and a Homer of extraordinaires, like truly the number one. And up here, we got producer Ross. Ross is keeping us in line, doing his thing, but also stirring the pot and, uh, and the comments as well. Hi
2: guys. You know, I saw a reprise story about a friendly neighbor who is uh, shoveling Kirk Cousins' driveway. This happened. This goes back to we had neighbors who were shoveling Case Keenum's driveway in the run to the NFC Championship game. So I think that's a good omen. But I say all that to say this. I thought for sure that person shoveling Kirk Cousins' driveway was going to be our very own Thor Nystrom. (laughs) I was shocked when it was not Thor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the, the, the Roomba snowblower is still in prototype, so I, mm. I did try it out there, but yeah, Kirk was and he was calling the police on me, and I was like, Kirk, I'm, I'm trying, like, it's it's still in prototype.
2: I just want to make sure you get to the game all right, Kirk. Exactly.
0: No. That's all it. Big game for Kirk Cousins and crew, hosted at U.S. Bank Stadium. This Sunday, the New York Giants roll into town at 3.30 in the big Wild Card weekend. First of all, guys, let's just clear there. How are we feeling? against, uh, against the giants. We've obviously seen them for that, uh, enormous comeback. How do you guys feel heading into Sunday just on the outside?
1: As, as good as you could, this was, this was the matchup for the last couple of weeks that we've been uh, hoping and praying for. And it was what I, at least I was willing to give up the number two seed to get it's the Vikings best shot to move into uh round two. And then, you know, you see what happens after that, but yeah, feeling okay.
2: I don't know how to feel. I feel cautiously optimistic, but I also, you know, I'm mildly terrified because of the injuries that have mounted for the Vikings, the back half of the season, in particular, the last month. However, when you get to this time of the year, injuries are not an excuse. Whenever you get to the playoffs for any team, it doesn't matter. It it just doesn't. You're not going to be able to use that as an excuse and get away with it. Some teams maybe can more so than others, but Jesse Thor. The San Francisco 49ers aren't losing with their third quarterback. Yeah. Uh, The Vikings really can't complain about being down linemen. So cautiously optimistic. A lot of the national steam is behind the Giants. But let's be honest, if if the Giants were the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think there'd be much steam behind them. It's because of where the Giants play and what market that they're in that I think a lot of the
1: national steam is behind
2: them.
0: Can I ask uh, Thor, who's the backup? third string quarterback for the 49ers. And do you know where he played college?
1: Yeah. His name's Brock Purdy played for Iowa state. Ah,
0: there it is. Instead of the obligatory fantasy football update, we should have changed that. Maybe we'll change that moving forward. Like obligatory Jesse Brock Purdy update uh, just because it's all. Are, are, are you.
1: You, you know, if the Vikings do indeed play the 49ers in round <laughs> two, are you going to have a hard time? Like I'm going to have a tough time. Son? I'm okay. going to
0: have a tough, tough time. I remember it goes back to like when Iowa state played the Gophers in in the bowl game. Like I was like, what do I do? Like the Gophers are my squad. They're my team, but I go to Iowa state. And then my dad bet me a case of beer that the Gophers would win. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll bet you a case of beer on the other side. Guess who got the case of beer, guys?
2: This sounds like a pretty tough situation for Jesse <laughs> oh, Pierce to be in.
0: <laughs> it is. We'll worry about that down the line. Again, as we had mentioned, Minnesota facing the Giants on Christmas Eve, 27, 24, eking out of a victory. Danny Dimes threw for 334 yards. Saquon Barkley, 84 rushing yards on just 14 carries. Uh, guys, what do you have to do to counter that? Especially Barkley, who I imagine you're going to see get the ball. Almost hundred percent of the time, really, because he's the one of the best. I think he finished fourth in rushing yards this year. How do you think that Minnesota's gonna fare against that offense?
1: Yeah, in, in, in some ways, the the game against the Giants was exactly in line with the rest of the Viking season. And so it was in some ways like not a surprise, but in in the way that the game was played, it it was a surprise because what we were afraid of going in, it was Saquon Barkley and the Giants sort of flipped the script. And in that game, they threw the ball a ton. I think they threw the ball more than they had thrown all season. They threw 42 times. They only ran 21 times. Daniel Jones had 334 passing yards in that game, obviously he had a big interception in the fourth quarter, you know, that helped the Vikings win the game or whatever. But that was the, the Giants' side of it. And then the Vikings' defensive side of it, they played different than they had played most of the rest of the season. The Vikings blitzed on 25% of the Giants' offensive snaps, whereas the Vikings have blitzed about 18% of the uh, you know and their snaps against the other teams on the schedule. So, it'll be interesting to see if 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 the Giants remain as pass heavy for for this game uh trying to attack that that Vikings cornerback core and if in kind the Vikings remain as aggressive on defense as they were last time. If those numbers
2: are repeated and I'm not saying they're going to be, but if those numbers are repeated, where Saquon Barkleys getting 50 yards of passes out of the backfield, he's rushing for another 80 Danny Dimes is throwing for over 300 yards. That's going to be a big problem for the Minnesota Vikings because they're going to see some members of the New York Giants defense that they didn't see on Christmas Eve that could potentially slow the Vikings down a bit more than the Vikings were slowed down on Christmas Eve. Leonard Williams should play. Sounds like a Dory Jackson is going to be back. And there's other pieces as well. So again, you can't use injuries as an excuse, as I already said. But it seems like the Giants are definitely getting healthier at the right time, and the Vikings are not. So what can KOC draw up? What can he do offensively to make sure the Vikings can get to 24, 31 points? Most importantly, what can Ed Donatel do to slow down Danny Dimes and that New York Giants offense?
0: Well, and my other concern, I think, is Daniel Jones... Is a very good rusher. And in that game, for whatever reason, similar to Barkley, he didn't run the ball as much. I mean, he has been a vital part of the New York Giants success and the run game. He's only behind Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts for rushing the more yards at the quarterback position. I mean seven hundred and eight total yards. So I think that's also something that this Vikings defense is going to be have to absolutely be up to snuff to uh to stop that. Maybe we see more blitzes. Who knows? Right? That could help again. Hey,
2: Blitz, a great call, but if you blitz, you got to be careful. You got to keep your careful. containment, right? You got to keep him in the pocket. If he turns left or turns right and gets past those edge rushers or the guys coming on the edge, that's where all of those rushing yards come from. By the way, over 700 rushing yards, there are starting <laughs> running backs this year in the NFL that don't have that. I mean, that's. That That is a problem, but yes, I, I love the blitzing take. I think the Vikings should have been blitzing more all year, but they have to be the right blitzes and they have to be at the right time. Because if you send five or six, even seven guys, and he gets away from that, oh, that's easily, easily 20, 25 yards the other way.
0: Yeah, you know, Ross, you mentioned injuries mounting for the Minnesota Vikings, but it definitely feels like this is the game where, and this is coming from my hockey perspective, where they play at all costs. If you're even somewhat able to go and do your job to a near 100%, you got to go, right? Because it's a winner go home situation. You have to see... All your players who are capable, even if they're playing through something without obviously extenuating circumstances, you don't want anybody getting further hurt that will delay the start of next season. But it does. It feels like one of those games where you have to see people out there, even with banged up bodies. So the hope is that you do. I don't know that Garrett Bradbury's ready to get there just yet, but I mean, these injuries are going to really hurt Minnesota in this first matchup.
1: Well, yeah, it's for sure all hands on deck on both sides, right? Because you know, Ross had mentioned that Giants have been banged up too, and any of their guys that are on that questionable line, they're they're going to be. I mean, they're going to be playing if they can, right? And and on the Viking side, it looks like uh, Blake Brando that he's going to be a go. You know, I mean, he was taken off the the injury report, um, I think yesterday on on Wednesday. A uh, little bit surprising. He seems a little bit ahead of schedule. And this is great news, uh, because now you can, you know, as long as he is good to go, um, you can now start him potentially at right tackle over Ole Udo. And then you're, you're still crossing your fingers on Bradbury. It doesn't look quite as optimistic with him, but if you can sneak by the Giants here, it looks like Bradbury could be able to go the next week, and that would be huge, obviously.
2: Yeah, and I think on that injury take that Jesse brought up, If you're one of those guys, we'll use Garrett Bradbury as the example, and you're Garrett Bradbury and you can play at 75%, 70% without being at further risk for re-injury or damaging what already has been injured, and you think and the team thinks you're better at 70% than Chris Reed at 100%, then you've got to play. And maybe that's not this week, but in general, that's the school of thought. If you're better injured, than the guy replacing you, you need to play because it can literally come down to one play by that guy that ends your season.
0: Over on the giant side of the injury part, uh, Leonard Williams, as we had said, he's been dealing with a neck injury. All indications are that he will go. The concern there, boys, is obviously along with Dexter Lawrence, one of the most fearsome interior defensive line combos. How is the Minnesota offense going to counter that, Uh, especially again with Williams likely to play alongside Lawrence?
1: It's, It might be the biggest key of the game, because if the if the interior pressure is getting there the entire time for New York, it's going to foil all of the Vikings offensive game plan, whether it's in the run game or whether it's in the passing game. They have to hold up to some degree. Um, They're not going to win that battle, but they don't need to win it. They just need to get not stampeded. Uh, where, where all of a sudden it flips the wh- the whole game, uh, you know, on its head or whatever. So that's it, it's absolutely huge, especially with Leonard Williams coming back. Your, your points well taken. They're they're pretty ferocious inside. I
0: liked fearsome, but ferocious is also good. I, I'll take that. I'll take that synonym. Uh, and Adoree Jackson as well, who's been out since week eleven with that knee injury. Uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Do you think should he play? He will get that JJ matchup, and how do you think Justin Jefferson could handle Jackson?
1: Yeah, probably. But it depends on how healthy Jackson is, you know, if right. indeed he can go, um, you know, cause if it's a situation where he's 80%, they might figure that they're the other guy, you know, the Island of Fabian Moreau or whatever, like that, that he should be, you know, doing more of the, the Jefferson stuff. It's just dependent on that. But for sure, if, if uh, Jackson is anywhere near hundred percent, yes, you, you put him on, on Jefferson. And in the last game, I mean, it's, it's a great point that we had talked about this leading into that the Vikings Giants game and, Week sixteen or whatever that was, that the the Giants' secondary, specifically at cornerback, they were so banged up, and the Vikings' receiving core went absolutely wild, and and then including TJ Hawkinson. But Judson Jefferson in that game had twelve catches, hundred thirty three yards, and a touchdown. Hawkinson had thirteen catches, hundred and nine yards two touchdowns. Um, the Vikings really didn't need receivers outside of that because those, those guys were just dominating. And um, with Jackson back, it helps that the Giants potentially address Jefferson more. But again, just dependent on his health, because if you're rushing him back, like, for instance, the Vikings rushed Darisaw back from his concussion. And obviously Darisaw came back too early and he was still not effective. It's, that's one thing.
2: First off, apologies on my mute button failure. My, my apologies for that. Uh, secondly, what I'm most interested in in this upcoming game against the Giants is honestly the beginning of the game. Is there going to be a feeling out process again? Is there going to be new looks shown by both teams, offenses and defense? Because you got to remember, I mean, December 24th, it, it's literally what? three games ago, less than mm-hmm. three weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be some familiarity here, but what does the beginning of the game look like? Are both teams going to stick with what they do? Well, will there be wrinkles thrown in and how comfortable do the giants look again? They were just at us bank stadium. There were some comments about how loud or not loud it was in us. Bank. I got to steal my
0: segue like that. I've been yeah, building no, that up in my head.
2: No, 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 I'm not going to, but <laughs> what I'm saying is will Will the Giants be in awe of U.S. Bank Stadium? Uh, My hunch is yes, because I think it will be even louder than it typically is.
0: As our dear friend Ross uh, teased, Giants left guard Nick Gates following that Christmas Eve game. uh, And just the other day said the Vikings fans are too, quote, Minnesota nice. He felt that it was very quiet at U.S. Bank Stadium, which has been the opposite of what most folks have said or heard. I mean, even on TV, watching it, you hear how loud U S bank stadium is. I mean, granted that game, I think had a lot of people stunned and shocked, and you were just kind of trying to figure it out. Uh, but how rocking is U S bank stadium going to be come Sunday at three 30?
1: Oh, it's going to be rocking. Yeah. And, and that guy probably should, uh, he probably should have put that one back in the holster and just kept his mouth shut. Um, cuz we that's that's that something guy. you say
2: that's something you say if you come to US Bank Stadium this Sunday and win. I mean, you say you say that in the post-game press conference that oh, I mean, we didn't think it was very loud. Don't don't say that before the game.
1: Yeah, we we're all Minnesotans. We know how salty we as a people are, and we don't need any incentive to, to get rowdier. And uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, the U S it's one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. I mean, you, you talk to like other people or whatever. And I, I, guess that guy wanted to take the opportunity to, to go the other way with it, but yeah, he's going to be in for an unwelcome surprise on Sunday. That, that place is going to be rocking. The, the one thing is, you know, and Ross had sort of alluded to this. You don't want to fall behind um, early. Cause the one thing we also know about Minnesotans and Vikings fans is that the second the Vikings fall down by double digits, the sphincters in that stadium are going to be, are going to be puckered up or whatever <laughs> and that, that could change the energy a bit. So it's just very how easily
0: important. we give up as Minnesotans like, yep, yeah, classic. This is what happens. But like the roller coaster just up. and yes. down.
1: So it's, it's very important that the Vikings stay on the course early in that game.
0: What do you guys think? Do the Vikings? I mean this without don't, jump in on the question yeah do the Vikings need to win obviously but do they need a victory on Sunday in order to deem the season successful I know Thor that was part of your Monday episode or <clears throat> Monday's episode of before we die for me I think this win absolutely can summarize the season if they don't win then unfortunately it's the fraud narrative right it goes on that side of the fraud thing oh they were never actually that good they just got lucky with Lindsay yada yada if they lose, or excuse me, if they win, then it's like, oh, yeah, we knew they were going to win. How do you guys feel about how Sunday's game will tilt the scale one way or the other, depending
1: on the outcome? Well, I I mean, yeah, it would be disappointing in a a vacuum for sure, but does it make the season a disappointment? No, categorically not. Like, the expectations for the Vikings coming into the season, it was seven or eight wins. They win 13, they win the the North. So losing in the first round of the – well, disappointing based on the season that they had – it was above every expectation that you would have had coming into the season with the first year coaching staff, the first year administration, everything like that. So no, not, not in that regard. Yeah. I think Thor and I will, will disagree here, but I'll put a caveat that you do
2: need to see if the Vikings were to lose on Sunday, what happens to the giants? What does the general landscape of the playoffs end up looking like who ends up being the Super Bowl champion and all of that. The one thing I'll go back to as to why I would say, you know, Fans can view the season however they want, but I will tell you, if the Wilfs and leadership view a situation as a failure, then it is a failure. And again, this coaching staff, this quarterback, not necessarily quarterback, but this coaching staff, head coach, staff, and GM were brought in to retweak, if that's even a word, Mm -hmm. reload and win now. They could have went the Ryan Poles, Chicago Bears route and tore it down. They didn't. This ownership group wants to win and they want to win now. So yeah, I think going 13 and four and losing right away in the playoffs, that is a failure. Does it mean that the season was a failure? I don't know, but initially, yeah, it's pretty big failure. You can't, even though you're only the three seed, which again, I'm having a tough time grappling with. You can't go 13 and four and lose right away, especially at home and especially when you were brought in to win and win now. So I, I differ from Thor. I think it is a failure
1: if you don't win. Okay,
0: sorry. One second.
1: Uh- <laughs> well, I guess my rebuttal to no. that is, is, well, no, co- context matters. Like, yeah. you have to have the measuring stick of, of what the expectations were and then what the result was. You you, I don't know how you can say that it would it would be a disappointment when everybody thought they were going to win seven or eight games. They win 13, they they win the division. Like, regardless of what happens in the playoffs. No, it's it's... not
0: regardless, though. Nobody cares unless you win the last game of the season.
2: Right, and can't your expectations change? Yeah, but that's
1: not what the discussion is. Can't your
2: expectations change throughout the season, though? Raise your bar, Thor.
1: Well, sure, but you can't say that it was like Quasi did a disappointing job or Kevin (laughs) O'Connell did a disappointing job or the team did a disappointing job, seeing as though they way jumped over the bar that had been set for them just because of the way the last game of the season went, particularly when you know the context that their offensive line is shot, et cetera. Right? Thor, like, I, th-
2: I, th- I think as one coach in town likes to say, I think you need to change your best Thor. Change your best.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I just understand the context of what everybody expected of the Vikings coming in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like if, if everybody says the team's going to win three games and then they win 10, you can't be like, well, they didn't go 17 and 0 and win the Super Bowl, so they're a disappointment. Uh, a you know, point, no, I there do, has to be a metric for what the expectation I, of, of the performance was.
2: I do agree with you on the context matters, and that's where this is fairly subjective, right? You're looking at it in, in the prism of what did we think heading into the season. I'm looking at it as what the Wilfs think. And the Wolves will not be happy if this team goes 13-4 and and loses in the first round. By the way, to their first love before the Vikings became their love, the New York Giants. They won't be happy.
0: It's true.
2: I thought you were going to say money.
0: You know what makes me happy? Second
2: love is the New York Giants. First love is money. Do you guys want
0: to know what makes me happy? Oh, no. Winning in three hammers. Let's go. Let's get gear up some new ones. You guys can't catch me. I'm too far. Uh,
2: too far. Thors hammers. Put them Thor. up. Thor. Yeah.
0: God, look at that. The numbers are like inverse there. Huh? Pretty
2: cool. <laughs> also, uh there is a mild controversy the last few weeks when Thor has sent the update. Uh. He's like shorted himself on losses and the math doesn't add up, so that I've had to go back. So I think Thor is either testing my math skills, which you shouldn't do, yeah, or B, he's trying to make himself look better, oh. which to me seems to be most likely.
0: Probably the better
1: odds, mm-hmm. yes. Well, yeah, you can go back and check my math. I if let's just say if I was cheating, Thor would not be in last place. From my perspective, <laughs> things would be the numbers dirty.
0: look great. I think they're just spot on. The most important number is number one, which I am. So All right.
2: Let's
1: let's can we get to the subject at hand?
2: Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, very quickly at this point, I no longer believe I can catch Jesse. So I'm diverting back to just my own picks yeah. because last week was atrocious. I went over five. Yeah. So I'm no longer hedging or trying to chase. I'm just going off of gut. We'll All see right, how
1: we, it goes. We begin where we always do Kirk Cousins passing yards, 272 and a half against the Giants on Sunday. Jesse over or under?
0: Under.
2: Yeah, he did 299 the last time around against a much more depleted secondary. So I feel like I also
1: have to take the under on that. Okay. I'm gonna I am heck. I guess I'm gonna go over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i was leaning tor- towards an under but after that uh I, I gotta i gotta fade both you guys so I'm, that I'm gonna was go that was a there.
2: kind of creepy laugh there thor that was a <laughs> bit of a maniacal laugh
1: yeah well i i get too much joy fading you guys but jesse in particular um, you can't
2: though
0: it's yeah. game over it's well, just only because it
1: hasn't gone well doesn't mean i can't keep doing it it's like an <laughs> you, arrested development when they're like did it work for all those people no but you, know, we're gonna you should only get it. joy yeah. out of
2: fading jesse if it works yeah right well, so far it has not
1: We're going to keep trying. Uh, Delvin Cook, rushing yards, 70 and a half. Jesse, over or under? Under. Oh,
0: okay. No, I want to – no, no. I got to say, I want to go over. I'm going to go – yeah, under.
2: Okay. I'm going to go over here because the Vikings – you know, you take take Kirk's passing number, say it's only 250. Offense is going to have to come from somewhere. And I'll just – I'll take the over.
1: This is a tough one. The The way that you would attack the Giants defense, if you had your druthers, it would be the run game. And in the last game, Cook was running OK. And then KOC sort of diverted away from it and then was trying to attack that, the Giants, that injury riddled secondary like we were talking about. The equation might change a little bit. You know, if you have Jackson back, Williams being back, the interior pressure. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go under on that one as well cook
0: only has 4.4 yards per carry this year there's so many more fumbles as of late madison maybe gets in a little bit
2: more.
1: you know i'm gonna give
2: cook a little bit of credit though this year when he's been fumbling he hasn't faked injuries heading back to the <laughs> sidelines i think True. this year he's actually owning the fumbles which is which is nice to see yeah. but yeah it doesn't it always feel not to be negative ross here but it always feels like we're just one hand off away from a bad delvin cook fumble 100%. Let's hope he got all of those out of his system in the in the uh, regular season. Yeah, his
1: his ball security's been terrible this year.
2: I don't understand. His like... ball security's been terrible. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sorry. Unbelievable. We're gonna uh, we're gonna label this podcast explicit. <laughs> We've had sphincter talk.
1: Yeah, Jesse ball almost talk. crossed the, the swearing threshold in the last one. Yeah. yeah, our our host is really letting it go here lately. You know all, right.
2: all
0: yeah.
1: Now, uh, TJ Hawkinson, my son, who had the awesome game last time. You know, we talked about the the stats before. His receiving yardage for this one has been set at 52 and a half. Jesse, over or under? Over. Yep. Yep, that's an over. That's an over. I don't know if it's much over, but that's an over. Mm-hmm. You guys are making this hard for me to fade you, because then i got to fade my <laughs> You're son. You're
2: making it hard for me.
1: Yeah. I'm, okay, so the New York Giants, th- these are stats from my buddy Derek Brown at Fantasy Pros. He has a, a primer every week that has just the best stats. But the New York Giants, 31st in DVOA, 30th in catch rate, and 22nd in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing tight ends. It It's something that they are not very good at. We saw it manifest in the first game with TJ Hawkinson. I have to go over uh, Justin Jefferson receiving yards. The books have now ticked this one way up after we had seen it come down a little bit in the middle of the season, but we're back up near a hundred yards. Justin Jefferson's receiving yards for this game have been set at 98 and a half Jesse over or under.
0: I mean, it's tough when I said, Kirk, isn't going to be thrown. I'll go over. What the hell?
2: Yeah. You're doing the same thing that I'm doing. Jesse, you've been much better at just going with your inclination where I get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would
1: say under but I'll copy her and go over. Okay. Man, you you guys are making it super hard on me cuz I already have the the cousins over. I guess uh mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to steal I'm going to steal Ross's thing and do the Costanza. Um we uh, cousins has got a he, he got a couple he got a couple passes to 272 and a half the over with Jefferson not getting to 98 and a half. Jackson being back is huge. We don't know how again how healthy he's going to be but that that could be big. I'm going to go under on Jefferson 98 and a half. Then the, the Vegas line for this game, we have – Ross alluded to this earlier in the show. There's been a lot of steam on the Giants, uh, both in Vegas and also the the media. You know, a lot of people – the, the Giants are their pick or whatever. But this line has not budged, curiously, you know, in, in contrast to some others that we've seen this season. The Vikings are still minus three against the Giants on Sunday. Jesse, who you got? I'm
0: going to take the Giants.
1: Okay.
2: So Ross can buy how the Giants win this game and Ross actually understands why the uh, national media is picking up steam on the Giants. Ross also is not sure why he's speaking in the third person during the number one
0: question Jesse had of Thor's
2: (laughs) hammers. Uh, But Ross is going to be positive because Ross actually continues to see the path to the NFC championship game. So he's going to take not only the Vikings to win, but they'll cover that three points.
1: Thor is also going to take the Vikings. We are going down on that ship. And if it's coming this weekend, well we'll have to go down with it. But I I again, this is the game that the Vikings matched up the best in. We've already seen this game once. As long as the right side of that offensive line doesn't cave, I, I think the Vikings are going to be okay here. The the uh point total for this game, the over under has been set at 48 points. Jesse over or under? Under. Okay.
2: Um, say that again. Was it 40, Uh 48, 48. Flat. Okay. That I thought, I thought I heard that wrong. Um, oh, God, I just don't trust the Vikings defense at all, which means the Giants will get a fair amount of points. I'll take, I'll take the over.
1: I am also going to go with the over for very similar reasons. <laughs> I, yeah, the, the Vikings defense is certainly going to get for, gouged for some yards, but the Vikings offense is, is certainly going to light up the Giants for some for some points as well. So I'm gonna, Duke
2: Shelley can't cover everybody.
1: You know, he can only cover That's one true. guy. He
2: can't cover everybody. That is mm-hmm. true. And,
1: well, and it brings back you know it's, it, from the first game. It's an, it's another good point because the Vikings were blitzing more, and the Giants do not have a good receiving core. So it's the game plan I would have had going in if I was Donatel too. But then the Vikings corner sort of got ripped up by this crappy Giants receiving core. Isaiah Hodgins was looking really good. Richie James was looking good. Uh, Darius Slayton was looking good. A bunch of these no-name guys. So that can't happen uh, in, in this game, especially now that the Vikings have gone to the more man coverage. Donatello, he, he finally, late in the season, decided to make a change. The early returns on it, you know, it's been sort of hit or miss, but at least they're they're trying something new. So well, hopefully in- he does better
2: in in theory, Thor, you want to be able to put as much behind the run game as possible. If you can, you're not going to stop Saquon Barkley, but if you can slow him down and in theory force the Giants to pass, you should be able to win the game. Although the Giants performed, as Thor mentioned, and as we all saw very well in the past game. But can they do it two games in a row against the Vikings? I don't know. I just I I think I'm if this game was in New York, I'd take the Giants, but I I like the Vikings.
0: Well, one guaranteed win that you can make is with our crazy and Canadians, Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily by making a donation to KirkCousins.org on behalf of the crazy master. Thank you. So good. Right. We have a group of Cousins Crusaders who are huge Kirk Cousins fans reached out to us at purple daily and want to help do some good in the world by allowing us all to make a donation on their behalf. It's a great cause. Just simply go to Kirkcousins.org, click the donate button, donate whatever you can, $5, $50, $500. Anything is appreciated. Everything is just going to a good cause for Kirk cousins. Again, that is on behalf of the cousins crusaders of purple daily. Make sure you mention that when you make that donation at kirkcousins.org Again, That'll be a good victory.
1: Yeah. Go donate. (laughs) Time now for the before we die crew to
0: give us their before we dies. Nice. I'm going to kick this one off before we die. Ticketmaster is going to go away forever because I'm just (laughs) so over the, so, and I'm not even going to the game on Sunday, but I have a former college roommate who's taking uh, some of her kids up there. $260 Two hundred and like sixty dollars in fees alone, not even the cost of the ticket for four tickets, like just asinine. So I'm over Ticketmaster. I'm over that whole kerfuffle that they cause I want Ticketmaster gone, dead, deceased. Come on.
2: One, I thought you were still upset that you couldn't get your Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> I thought that's where this was going. There is
0: nothing in the world I would ever spend that
2: much money on. Ever. Second. I always find this, I, I 100% agree with you, so don't, don't jump in yelling at me because I agree with you. But what I've always said here is, and I know there's certain legalities of what has to be shown and what doesn't, but if they just put in like 230 of that 266 into the price of the ticket, And then just showed like $36 in fees. I think we would all go, well, price is the price. But it's when you see all the taxes and fees when you get super upset. Uh, My before we die, it's not going to happen this year. It's a bit of an easy cop out because it will happen. I just don't know if it'll happen this year or within the next 30 years. Uh, Six seeds have won the Super Bowl. Most notably of recent memory, the New York Giants, the Green Bay Packers. A seven seed will win the Super Bowl fairly soon. Okay, I don't think it's going to be this year with the Sea Chickens or the Miami Dolphins. But a seven seed will win the Super Bowl. And in our lifetime, an eight seed will win a Super Bowl because it's going to happen.
1: Love it. Uh mine mine is very simple. Before we die, the Vikings Man of many are... words today for nice room. V- Vikings are beating the Giants on Sunday. We're we're moving on to, to Ron. go, baby. Skoll
0: simple man. He is a simple man. Again, we are simple people here at Before We Die, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. As always, I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. You can catch us Mondays and Thursdays, along with all the other Purple Daily content. We have had so much fun going through this season with you guys. Again, appreciate your interaction. You checking for us out. Four more games. Four more. Yes, let's go. Four more Please games. Keep us employed for, for more a couple games. more games. That would be more much appreciated games. if the Vikings could do us that Solid. So, thanks again for checking us out. Drop your comments below. Let us know what you think about this episode. How you think the Vikings are gonna do? Your big fears that the Giants are bringing in? All of that good stuff. Uh, yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Go Vikings.
1: Let's go Vikings. Four more
2: games. Four more games. Hannah Pin. boother